Jesus. If you've been fighting through some discouragement and dryness, now is the time to reach out. Draw near to Him. His presence is so thick in here. It can be felt out into the hallways. Let's not miss the opportunity, body. Keep seeking Him while He may be found. And for you, dear sister, you carry the anointing of David between a worshiper and a warrior in this transition because what you do isn't for the people, it's for Him. Because you'll do this whether you're alone or in front of a group of people. Lord, make it more upon her, more upon her, Lord. More, Lord, more in the name of Jesus. More, Father, more. Let your, yep, oh God, let your anointing, let it flow like a torrent through your daughter. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Lord, keep the purity of her heart for that stream to come like a torrent, a raging river in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For the worshiper and the warrior both, Lord. Hallelujah. To make those transitions, Lord, to lead your people into your presence and into battle. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And may this be the day the link comes off. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. For indeed there have been days you have sat in the shadows. And you wondered when will my day come. Because the Lord has deposited much within you. But fear not because the day is coming when you will be released. But keep your heart. Keep your heart of purity and simplicity of Jesus. Yes. Because it's never been about performing with you. It's been the overflow of your heart to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And indeed, it's like I can see the quill in your hands writing songs of deliverance and songs of freedom and songs of healing and songs that will so touch the heart of God because you don't walk into the fear of man. Hallelujah. You walk in the fear of the Lord. Lord, preserve the childlikeness with this one. There's such a childlikeness of her heart. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Yep, Lord, I pray over her heart. Protect her heart, Lord. Yep, in the name of Jesus. Oh, my God. Lord, may there be no more of this, uh, any shame. No more condemnation in the name of Jesus. No more of the accusatory thoughts that she just doesn't measure up. In the name of Jesus. Say, give me what you what you have. And I, and I believe this is what you'll say. Are you willing to pay that price? They don't see the hours of prayer and fasting, of seeking, of denying yourself, but sitting into his presence. And you don't say that with, with an arrogance, but it's a simple humility. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for this one. Thank you, Lord. Oh, good God.
that are that have been discouraged. Lord, your presence is so strong in here. Lord, you're teaching us how to cultivate your presence and how to host it. So, Lord, we really want to be sensitive to what you're doing in the room right now and where you're taking us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Jesus. Yeah. And I believe as you continue to cry out to the Lord, it's not that a man needs to lay hands on you. It's your encounter with Jesus. Is real, he is alive. Draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. Hallelujah. Let the wave of your presence continue to wash over your people, Lord. Wave after wave after wave after wave after wave after wave after wave of your presence, of your power, of your peace. In the name of Jesus. of God's presence is here this morning but I know that there's maybe some of you are thinking I don't feel it I don't I'm not sensing that and I I don't always like to read from my phone but this is the passion translation I didn't bring that one with me today chapter 8 if only I could show everyone this passionate desire I have for you if only I could express it fully no matter who was watching me without shame or embarrassment I long to bring you into my innermost chamber, this holy sanctuary you have formed within me. Oh, that I might carry you within me. I would give you the spiced wine of my love, the full cup of bliss that we share. We could drink our, our fill and tell. He left his, his left hand cradles my head while his right hand holds me close. We are at rest in love. Promise me, brides to be by the gentle gazelles and delicate deer, that you do not disturb my love until he is ready to arise. And this is the Lord's response. Who is this one? Look at her now. He's saying, look at the church. Look at the bride. She arises out of her desert, especially those of you who feel like you just can't. You can't press in. You're not feeling all of God that you hear everybody else talking about. She arises out of her desert, clinging to her beloved. When I'm awakened under the apple tree as you were feasting upon me, I awakened your innermost being with the travail of birth as you longed for me. Fasten me upon your heart as a seal of fire forevermore. This living, consuming flame will seal you as my prisoner of love. My passion is stronger than the chains of death and the grave, all-consuming as the very flashes of fire from the burning heart of God. Place this fear, this fierce, unrelenting fire upon your entire being. Rivers of pain and persecution will never extinguish this flame. Endless floods will be unable to quench this raging fire that burns within you. Everything will be consumed. It will stop at nothing as you yield everything to this furious fire. Until... It won't even seem to you like a sacrifice anymore. I just want to implore you this morning. Let's yield everything to this flaming fire. He's so here this morning. And if you're one of those that feel like you just can't press in, 
we just, that was Song of Solomon 8. We just invite you. We invite you. You don't have to come forward. It's up to you. But the Holy Spirit is just wanting to meet you. Just say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. I want breakthrough this morning. I want to feel your very presence. I want to feel your lavish love upon me. I want to know your nearness. I want to, I want to display you in front of everyone. I don't want to be ashamed. I don't want to be hindered in any way. I want to be able to pour out my love upon you. God, I pray for that one that's agonizing in soul this morning and saying, man, I want that, but I just can't go there. We command the release in Jesus' name this morning. We command the release. Any hindering spirits, any hindering thing, anything that's hindering love, we command it to be released. And if I'm hearing right, it's the fear of man that hinders you. It's the fear of what if that hinders you. What if I'm shamed or what if I'm corrected or what if? But Jesus says, be extravagant to me this morning. Be extravagant to me. I'm in love with you. I'm in love with you. Will you be in love with me? Oh, we can just continue worshiping, but I feel like this is just a, an opportunity. If you haven't been able to go there, go there. Just release yourself to him this morning. Don't worry about what anybody thinks. Maybe you need to stand in the aisle. Get yourself out of the middle of the pew and stand in the aisle. I don't say these things to condemn anyone. I just want you to have more. I'm a mama that wants her kids, wants everyone in this room to feel the overflow, to feel more than what I'm feeling. come for the more this morning. We've come to be extravagant with you this morning, Lord. We've come to be the Mary pouring out our our costly oil upon your head this morning, oh God. You're the beautiful one that we adore. We just want to pour out upon you this morning, oh God. Come and speak. 
that your strength wanes and there are days of discouragement and doubt but I say unto you draw near to me and I will draw near to you let your heart not be discouraged and do not be troubled in these days for is it not written that in these times perilous days would be upon you have I not said to gird yourselves and prepare yourselves for indeed there is a great darkness that is covering the earth and events are taking place in heaven to prepare for the return of my son upon the earth. For what you think you have as much time, I say to you, your time is short. In light of eternity, it is but a mere drop in a bucket. Do not entangle yourselves with the affairs of this life. Gird yourselves with truth, with my love, with my power, with my spirit. For indeed, if you walk in the spirit, you will no longer fulfill the lust of your flesh. There is a world that needs the message I have given you. Do not sit in silence, my children. I have given you through my divine power all things pertaining to life and godliness in my son Christ Jesus. For indeed, I will have mercy yet for a time.
Father, in the name of Jesus, may we be prepared for what's coming. We don't know what tomorrow brings, for today's troubles is enough. But Lord, wild is, wild is day. May we seek you with all of our heart. May we seek you while you may be found. And Father, I would ask for this body of people, whether they're here or they're watching this later, may the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you fall upon your people. Father, would you open our eyes of understanding? May you bring a revelation of your love to us. Father, you spoke through our sister about how much you love us. You do love us, God. And you're always seeing the yes in our heart. You're not here to condemn us. But Father, you also don't want us to entangle ourselves with the things of this life and to be distracted. A lot of good things can take us off course, Father. So we're calling on you. Show us and lead us. Teach us how to walk in the Spirit. Teach us how to host your presence, to cultivate that. Lord Jesus. Yeah. Open the heavens over your sons and daughters today. Open the heavens, Father, and let the oil flow. Let it flow, Lord. Lord, you said that you're going to shake everything that can be shaken. And if I heard you right, you said that the shakings are going to continue. But you said, let your heart not be troubled. Lord, you're our confidence and you're our strong tower. And Lord, we have a city full of people and a region full of people and a nation full of people and a world full of people that desperately need the gospel. Yeah, if I'm seeing this right, I, I just want to speak this word of freedom. That you're unshackled, body. You're unshackled. You don't need permission to share the gospel. You don't need a list of titles behind your name to share the gospel. Some fishermen changed the world because they were filled with the Holy Spirit of the living God. And that same spirit that rose Christ from the dead quickens life and health unto your mortal bodies. That same Holy Spirit is available today. Thank you, Father. Move upon our children. There's no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. Father, let our children prophesy. Father, let them speak forth your heart. Let them see healings and miracles and signs and wonders. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. just had a word that just ties right into both of these and it was about 
were all wrapped up in distraction and he felt like as he was praying he was kind of doing this motion and it was just winding up all of that all the distraction all the stuff that's going on in our mind and pulling it right back into Jesus and so when we have words like this I feel like I feel like I know that we need to pray so would you just pray with me this morning maybe you want to pray in the spirit as I'm praying maybe you just want to pray in your in the natural but let something come out of your mouth there's such power when we pray in agreement with one another that means you're in agreement with what I'm saying or you're in agreement with what this and I hope I'm in agreement with what the spirit is speaking Jesus 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 God we ask for a readying of the bride a preparing of the church we're yielding ourselves to you today oh God we're yielding ourselves to you we're yielding every single thing that hinders us to you this morning oh God we look forward to what's coming oh God and we prepare ourselves to be wholeheartedly devoted to you oh God God nothing would shake us nothing would pull us off of our focus to you oh God I call forth true devotion true and deep devotion devotion a profound devotion a profound devotion that brings sanctification and consecration a setting apart for the Holy One sanctify us oh God consecrate us this morning oh God we give ourselves to you holy this morning fully Surrender over to you. Surrender over to you. We surrender over to you selfish desires and selfish ambitions this morning. We surrender over to you lust of the flesh this morning. Prepare us for your return, Jesus. devotion true and profound devotion to you holy devoted to you that's the word that's in my mind devotion 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 I'm not talking about five minutes in the morning I feel like the Lord is talking about a whole life experience of holy devoted Everything that you do, everything that you say, you're wholly devoted, wholly devoted to him.
Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Release tears this morning, oh God. Release tears this morning, oh God. May there be tears on our devotion to you, oh God. Extravagant devotion to you, oh God. hear the Lord saying there is a seriousness of the hour. There's a lateness of the hour. It's exactly what Jeff and Scott and even Vince were sharing. There's a lateness of the hour and we can't be distracted. We can't have lesser lovers in this hour. We worship one. We have an audience of one. He's our one thing. He's the one thing that we desire wholeheartedly. He's the one thing that we completely devote our lives to. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for not keeping our eyes on what's ahead. I think when I see, when I think about, you know, Gideon's, his army, he chose the ones that were looking ahead. They were looking to the end. They were drinking up the water. They were worshiping. They were filling themselves with water. But yet they were looking out. This is what's going on, and this is what we're going to have to do. They didn't take their eyes off of the end. And I feel like we've taken our eyes off of what the promise is. The promise is at the end. He is returning. He is returning for a spotless bride. I know we, we don't talk about that much in church anymore, but he is returning for a spotless bride. Amen. Amen. So um, just when Pastor Chris says that Gideon's army going to drink the water, I said, well, we got to talk about this right now. <laughs> so last night I, I was having a wonderful time with my wife and with the Lord up, upstairs as you guys were worshiping down here, and the Lord showed me a bird bath. And in this bird bath, it was full of water, and there was birds coming, and they were jumping in and drinking it, and it was great. And I'm looking, Lord, it, it, are you talking about a whale? What is this? And he did not say anything last night. So as we are here worshiping this morning, he shows me the same bird bath, but it's now dry. And the birds are coming to this bird bath, and then this, this big hammer that comes down on the birth mass, the, the birth, the birth, the bird bath, and smashes it. So it destroys this bird bath, and God begins to say, I am destroying everything that has been man made to which you have placed your trust in. He's saying, I'm destroying everything that is man-made that you have placed your trust in and that you have received, you have received your, your provision from and that you have received your refreshing from. And God is saying, I desire to be your portion. I desire to be your strength. I desire to be the one that brings you the refreshing. And he says this, and my waters do not run dry with the heat of the day. So brothers and sisters, you may be in the heat of the day and you may find yourself dry and thirsty. You see, those warriors, when they came to drink, they were drinking and they were being refreshed and strengthened, but they knew that they had to keep their eyes on what was ahead. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that 
you are speaking, that you are destroying man-made things in our lives, which we have placed our trust in, God. But today we choose to place our trust in you, Lord. We want you to be our portion. We want you to pour out that refreshing water that brings strength into our bones, God. God, we thank you so much for speaking today, Lord. So I just started praying the first few verses, and I'm just going to say it right now. Oh, Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, oh, Lord. And I felt like God wasn't just saying, I, I know your routine or your lifestyle. I don't just know the good things you do. I know your fears and your doubts. And I feel like God has said, there are some who have fallen away, who are on the edge of falling away. There are those who have doubts that feel like a weight is suffocating them. Like there are so many doubts in your head that you can't keep them all straight. You have doubts that conflict each other. And so sometimes it would be easier to just not believe in God than to try and deal with that unbelief. And God is saying that there's a light that shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot extinguish it. If you are struggling with, with unbelief, that means that a part of you still believes. So, so if it, if it's... If there's not a hundred percent no, then you still believe. And God is encouraging you that He still hears your cry, and He will always hear your cry. He knows your way, and He knows your tendency to doubt, and He still sent His Son to die on the cross for you. So, God, I just pray that whoever in here whoever that word was for they might not be here it might be someone that someone here knows it it might be several people here i pray that you would bring your spirit with power and might and you would bring restoration and revelation into their life father god i pray for a holy burning in their life a calling of power that their belief would change 
every life around them, that their life would overfill with power, and that they would be encouraged and strengthened today. Fill them with your spirit. Bring your peace that we don't understand. Elizabeth this morning. God, I thank you for the boldness that you've placed upon her. I thank you for the this young prophetic voice, oh God. God, I thank you. I just declare increase to this prophetic voice. God, I pray an increased learning, and I, I pray that for her peers, every these young people, God, I would call forth a prophetic voice in the earth in this hour, oh God. God, I thank you, Father, for what you're doing in our young people. God, I pray more like Elizabeth, oh God. God, I thank you. Those who will bend, they'll bow down and worship you and hear your voice and declare it in the earth. Father, I thank you. God, I pray I pray that you keep her spirit so tender towards you. God, I thank you for her. God, bless her and pour out your love upon her in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you for being brave. Thank you for being courageous. Thank you for following the voice of the Lord. Amen. Young lady, hey, ma'am, Elizabeth, 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 I want you to know that last night the Lord, I was sitting right over there by where you are. The Lord took me to Psalm 139 and said, I'm going to talk about that this weekend. So I just want to affirm that one of the things that made Jesus dance on the earth was when there was a generation, Luke chapter 10, he said, when, when I, when the Lord chooses to start revealing things to younger and younger, it made Jesus dance. He said, I, I rejoice that the Father has, has hidden things from the wise and prudent with, air, with, with gray in our hair and wrinkles on our face. He's hidden it from us. And he starts revealing it to another generation. Uh, and there's this Samuel generation that's coming up. That's this Eli. Uh, we, we didn't get it right. We, we still see it with some cataracts and stuff. Uh, but there's this generation that's coming up. And we're going we're, we're gonna to come to you guys and say, tell us what the Lord's showing you. We may have interpretations. We may be able to, to flesh it out a little bit. But, but uh, don't ever sit on something the Lord is, is speaking to you there. Try it out. Test it out and see. Uh, um, but I just want to confirm that to you, okay? Uh, and I want to I jump to the birdbath if I can for just a second. This afternoon we'll be sharing just a little bit, uh, but the, what the Lord's been speaking since we got here yesterday afternoon was about, um, um, I, I don't want to preach, but um, <laughs> the Samuel generation, when Samuel took his flask to anoint Saul, he took a box. Literally the, the word means box. He took a box and anointed out of the box. And it didn't work very well. Every time Samuel was looking for an answer, he had to go back to the box because he hadn't grown an anointing. When, when Samuel goes to anoint David, God says, I want you to take your horn. I want you to start growing something now that will become a horn, a flask, a, a, a container for anointing that, that isn't just a box you build, but it's a, it, it's something that grows inside of you. This, this place of intimacy that we're enjoying this morning is a place that, that, the, the, the word flat, the, the word horn literally means the, the tusk of an elephant. It doesn't just pop out all of a sudden. You don't just, you don't just go to a meeting and, and come home with it. 
something that that you you choose to develop you choose to look after you choose to tend you choose to watch over you, you and, and if you're going to continue in this season you have to learn to grow a horn so that you have something contained in the next season to pour out on another generation and so God is breaking the bird baths where you just come and, and drink from a pool and he's creating inside of us a horn of oil that when it's tapped, it will automatically flow and the Spirit of God will, will, will be free to flow from the residue of seasons that we've walked through. And I say to the young people in the room, use the season you're in to soak in the oil. I have a friend who grows the, he has the second longest set of longhorn, uh, Texas longhorn cattle. He has the, the second longest set of horns. It's, took him, it's taken him 16 generations to get the DNA to the place where, where the horns are that long. And it looks like this little, this little baby's about two years old. So it looks like it's going to be the, but, but it's 16 generations of passing out of the horn to go after this thing. And so I, I just released to this younger generation the ability to stay with it, to pass it well, to, to be able to, to absorb the oil that won't just be a Saul anointing, but a David anointing because it, it will continue. It'll, it'll bring this kind, of, this kind of atmosphere with it. That's the anointing the Lord wants to release even this weekend. Amen. I feel like just to follow that up, could we raise our hand and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I want that. I want to grow the, the horns. Yes, Lord. Let's just respond to him saying yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord. I feel like the Lord has already done so much and we're just getting started. I pray that you feel, I pray that everyone's horns are getting full. What we've already have is already getting full. God, I thank you. Thank you for what's taking place here this morning. I just feel like this incredible. I feel this every once in a while when I feel the delight of the Lord. I feel like I just can't stop smiling. And I feel that right now. And one of the things when we were worshiping this morning, I began to look around and I thought, it's Friday morning. How many of you could have been at work this morning, took the day off, or you had to get childcare for your kids, and you went that extra mile? And you said, you know what? I'm going to say yes to the Lord this morning. And I feel, I feel like that's a big part of that smile this morning is the delight of the Lord of like, you came to meet with me this morning. And I'm, I'm so, I just want to lavish back on you because you came to meet with me today. And I, I know that he just loves that. He loves that. We're going to go ahead and transition here just to the next thing. Just wondering if there's anybody in here today, it's your birthday. Anybody here today? Who am I looking at? Debline? Debline? Debline, come on up here. I wish I could say I was being prophetic. I know today's your 50th birthday. <laughs> And I wish, no, come on, come on. See, look at that. Happy birthday, Deb. Look at that. Come on, come right here to the middle. We just, I'm 54, okay? I'm a couple of years down the road. 
Yeah. She said it's the Iowa farm girl, right? That's what I'm sharing tomorrow is about the Iowa farm girl. Anyway, I just feel like the Lord had a word for you this morning, and we have a few people that have words for you this morning. I don't know if we'll share them this morning, but today is your golden birthday. Gold is the metal, the color, and the symbol, and the substance of heaven. Gold is abundant in heaven. God is marking this day, the day that he has chosen to honor you. Today's a day that he has chosen to mark you with a touch and a taste of heaven coming to earth. And I believe we've seen that this morning. And if not for everybody else, he did this for you this morning. He's, he's marking you with his approval, his love, his attention today. He calls you daughter, beloved, and bride. God, if we just ask you to mark Deb this 50th year with the oil of joy. Would you pour it out upon her, her jubilee year? Would you mark her with the oil of joy? God, I thank you for this precious gift to the body of Christ. God, I pray as a jubilee year, everything be restored to her. God, we ask for a full restoration of year of blessing and a year of restoration, a year of divine health. God, I thank you, Father, that the promises that are in your word that are for Deb, they're true and yes and amen. And we just, we want to pour out that fresh oil upon her this morning. God, I, we love you and we love her and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Could we just sing happy birthday? And you don't want me to sing. You do not want me to sing. Go ahead. Do you mind doing it? Birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Deb. Happy birthday to Okay, now I'm going to get your husband in trouble. He's the one who told us. <laughs> Sonny Everett, would you come? Yeah, come on. Yeah, Sonny, will you come? Sonny's got something special this morning that she wants to present to you, Jeff. It's a gift that we've got a group of ladies that are incredible here, and they make precious gifts, and they want to present you with one this morning. So. She said they meet every Monday and they make these quilts and they I've got a beautiful one on my bed too. So. Oh my goodness. They're probably a couch size. Wow. You can cuddle up on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And it has I don't know how many flares. Oh my goodness. Look at that. Wow. Well, I am I'm honored and humbled. Thank well, we you. We're honored that you're here. We thank you for coming. Oh my goodness, this right. is above and beyond. <laughs> thank you so you're much. Welcome. Mm -hmm. You're very welcome. In the name of our group of peacemakers. We're the peacemakers. There's a little pun in that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hashtag I'm, I'm tracking with you. <laughs> wow, we'll thank you. It's beautiful. Oh yeah, that is that is beautiful. Thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> I just want to remind you, following this session, we have lunch downstairs in the student auditorium. Uh, Lord willing, we'll pray in here, and then you can just go and get right in line. There should be two lines. You can sit anywhere except for the 
the square in the middle of the, that's where the people on the prophetic round table will be sitting. So, um, but yeah, we just invite you to join us for lunch. Jeff, 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 we <laughs> so enjoyed this morning, your words, your boldness, your love for Jesus. And we're thankful that you're here with us today. Oh, praise God. Thank you. Wow. Bless the Lord. Well, I am stunned by that incredible gift. That is that just uh, it stuns me. You know, it's like uh, when the Lord called me into the ministry, um, I was blown away the first time they paid me to preach the gospel when I would do it for nothing. Well, I remember preaching at a little church down in Falls City, uh, Nebraska, and uh, they paid me with some fresh squeezed milk out of the cow that morning and a couple of frozen chickens and a piece of Lucky. Lucky was the name of the cow that they ended up butchering because Lucky wasn't so lucky, but... <laughs> Wow, I, I'm blown away. Thank you. Because, it, you know, really it's an honor and a privilege to serve you. It really is. And, you know, the prayer of that you would so encounter Jesus. Our dear sister, there is such an anointing on her. And the, the atmosphere, it, it's different this morning than it was last night. Most sane people are here. So what, what changed in that? Don't start pointing fingers, well, it's this or it's that. You know, we don't want to do that. But it's like, I think the example is, you know, what is God doing in the moment and how do we walk that out? We're so accustomed to our culture and our traditions in church. And if we're going to be following the move of the Spirit, that means we do things a little bit different. Just one person versus a whole band. The band is anointed. I mean, it's not, it's just different. And so when we come into, to come to seek the Lord, what does he want to do right now? What is he saying? Because what happens, I mentioned this last night, you know, we'll come together, we'll sing our two fast, our three slow, you know, we'll get our three point sermon and we'll pat each other on the back and say, man, wasn't that good church? And I'm not saying that God's against that. He's not. You know, he loves when we gather together. We honor his word. We honor one another. We love one another. But when we gather, I always have an anticipation and an expectation that he's going to break out. Why not? This is, you know, I told my, I call my wife the blonde. She actually has a first name, um, but I've just called her the blonde for years. And, but it's like always this anticipation that God's going to move and he's going to do something because we've gathered in his name. Right? Why not? Listen, what's written here wasn't just for 2,000 years ago. Right? It's like it's for today. And so when we gather, Lord, what do you want to do? What do you want to say? I want to just share a couple of things um, so we can be out of here before 2 this afternoon. Just kidding. <laughs> she said, you're great, but make sure you're done by 11.59. No, she didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> well, I was going to let you off the hook on that. But actually, um, I want to speak to something that I really pray for a, a greater, um, a deepening of the relationship between intercessors and church leaders in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is not duplicious. He's not going to tell me something different than he's telling my intercessors in our church. That doesn't work like that. If there's two separate things, then one of us is missing it. It's how it goes, right? 
but no finger pointing because the work of intercessors, they are in there. They're laboring in the spirit. And I'm telling you, church leaders, you need to be a part of this. And you say, well, I'm not called to that. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Pray without ceasing, right? Everything that's done in the natural has to happen first in the spirit. When we're praying and we're crying out, we're doing this by faith, we're warring in the spirit so that the presence of God comes, the manifestation of his gifts happens in the natural, right? And so it's not an us versus them mentality, and that's got to stop. So, it's like, now, do the intercessors lead the church? No, not in a sense, but we've got to, we've got to be more unified in this and not have these, well, those, those church leaders, they just don't listen. And then the leadership, well, they're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. They don't understand what it takes to run a church, right? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but there's got to be, there's got to be a, a unification and a healing you know, I tell our church all the time, you can't fake love, you can't fake unity. You just can't, no matter how much you want to dress it up. And so, um, with our inner self, like, you know, I'll often say, I try not to lead them in the sense of, you know, priming that pump. Sometimes, if the Lord speaks to me, I'll say, share with them what you're speaking on, because this may need extra prayer. But what happens many times the things that I'm preaching on Sunday are things that they have been warring in the prayer room on earlier that morning. And, and it's like, so it's not one greater than the other, but it's like, yes, we are hearing what God is saying. Amen? So to walk in the Spirit, you know, we, we, we have a lot of great Christian terms that we throw around. Come to the cross of Christ. Yes! As a baby Christian, yes! How do I do that, though? And where is it? Because I'd want to, you know, because I fell in love with Jesus. He forgave me of a lot of stuff. So as we think about um, our, our Christian culture, this is one of those sacred cows that maybe we need to put on the altar. Because sometimes when God shows up, it gets a little messy. And are our churches in our area ready for an outpouring of God? Are, is, are, they, are we ready? You know, because, listen, when, when you get a newborn, things get messy. Hello. You know, it happens. But it's okay. It's life. I'd rather have the dirty diapers and the empty milk bottles and all that than no life at all. Jesus meets us right where we are. Right? We didn't, didn't just come to Jesus and all of a sudden, shazam, here we go, man. We're mature and we're walking. No. It's all part of the growing up and the maturing. So anyway, um, praise God. The other thing is, I, I really feel like, uh, if I'm hearing the Lord right, is that we need to learn how to access His presence without a lot of ramp up. So what happens is we'll grab our phone, we'll grab whatever, and we'll have our favorite playlist. Ooh, now I got that Holy Ghost tingle. Okay, praise God, right? It's okay. But when you're in a coffee shop or if you're in a store and you don't have your playlist handy, how are you going to delve in and tap into the power and the life and the love of God to minister to people who are broken that you're walking right past in the store? Because we don't have time for the playlist. That's our inner court ministry 
that we do before our day begins or at the end, whenever, right? Of having that time alone with him. So learn how to access that. For the prophetic to operate in our churches, I'm telling you, the enemy has done a really good job of coming into the camp and let's, well, let's just stop all that. We don't want to be weird. We want to have order. Yes, God is a God of order. But what the, was the prophetic do? Read 1 Corinthians 14. You don't need me to read that to you because you know it, right? It encourages, it builds up, it comforts. Now, we have, to, uh, we have to test those things. And I believe if there's a public word, then it should be publicly tested. There's nothing wrong with that. And you know what? If we're off, no problem. You know what? We've got to learn somehow, right? When, uh, when you're learning how to do something, mistakes are going to be made. And if you're off in prophecy, it doesn't make you a false prophet. A false prophet is operating with the intent to deceive you, to take you away from the center of Christ and to follow maybe a man rather than Jesus, right? But just because if you give a prophetic word and it's like, ah, that felt kind of soulish. I was in a church, we were, um, it was our home church, but I happened to be uh, not speaking anywhere. So we, we were at our home church and I heard this brother get up and he starts prophesying. And man, it is like, it sounded right. It was, thus saith the Lord. And there's scripture and everything he was saying was right. But in my spirit, it's like, something's off. And all of a sudden, it's like in my spirit, I see this flat EKG line. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm really confused by this. It sounds right, but it's not. What's going on? And this is what I believe I heard the Lord say. He said, this son is prophesying out of his soul and not by the Spirit. Because it will sound right to the ear, but it doesn't come from the Spirit. So it, it appealed to the flesh and the mind of man, but not the Spirit. So even when prophesying, how do we walk in the Spirit? This is how we have, we've got to learn how to do this. And it comes with walking when you were a baby and you first started learning how to walk or your children the weevil wobble thing right and just because they fall on their little bottoms you don't come on i know you're only a year old get up and walk you don't do that no you grab them and you help them and, and next thing you know they're running and next thing you know they're wanting the car keys <laughs> right but that's the natural progression when they learn how to eat it's cute here comes the food train, choo, 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 you know, and you're doing all that. That's cute, but it is not cute when you're 15 years old. For real. And when you're 40, you left to be, uh, know how to operate a microwave. <laughs> I'm just saying. But that's part of the growing, and that's part of how we learn. And sometimes we make those mistakes, but we've got to have a place. And, and in our church, we're really big into house churches. Because those ought to be, oh, let's face it, on a Sunday morning, it's not very possible for everybody to start exercising their gifts due to nature of time and everything else. But those small settings are incredible places for you to develop your giftings and for others to develop their giftings because it needs to be that space. You know what? There ought to be somebody there, mothers and fathers in the faith. You know what? That was a great try. Let's try it again. How do you know you're hearing the voice of God? One of the things that uh, my friend Bud and I, we met this lady from China. And uh, she has suffered more for the gospel than I could possibly imagine. 
And when I met her, she just got released out of prison. Her body still had the marks on it. Because I just got home from India and Bud calls me, hey, you got to meet this lady. So we went and ended up meeting with her in China a couple of times. And she leads 4,000 house churches. 4,000. Yeah. I'm going to put a pause button. I remember hearing the story of a brother from China that came to the U.S. And they had him teaching and speaking at a pastor's conference. And they were showing him all these things. And saw all these guys, well-intentioned. So, dear brother, what is it about the American church that has impressed you the most? And this humble, simple man simply said this. I am impressed of what you have accomplished without the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hello. That's what you call a good old-fashioned butt spanking. In love. So this woman, she, uh, she talked about, she went to this, uh, she was visiting one of her house churches in the countryside, and there were just a few people there, and this young lady, she got up, and she opened the Bible, and she read the Bible for about 30 minutes, and uh, she said, okay, is there anybody that we can pray for? They prayed, and she closed the Bible, and they said, okay, we'll see you next week. And she came up to her, and she said, who's the leader here? And this girl said, I am. Well, how long have you been the leader? Um, about two weeks. Well, how long have you walked with Jesus? About four, four weeks. Well, what happened to everybody? Well, the police came and took everybody out and executed them. Hello. So when I was asking her about how do you train your people, she said there are two things we teach them right off the bat. How to share the gospel, how to hear the voice of God. So they'll teach them. And then they'll say, come back, okay, what has God spoken to you this week? Um, I didn't really hear. Okay, here's how you hear the voice of God. And they teach them how to hear the voice of God. And then they come back the next week, what is God saying? Listen, I, I will say this, with, because I, I'm, I'm part of the guilt in this, of when we gather an assembly like this, this is what we call the lecture format. Someone's going to stand up and they're going to share with you and it could be good and it could be encouraging, but the truth is you will retain maybe 5% of what you're going to hear. The National uh, Laboratory Institute, of, they did a study on how people retain information. If you're taking notes, that might jump up to around 20% because you'll hear something, oh, that was good. And you'll write it down and that helps. When you get into a small group and you start discussing these things, it jumps up to over 50%. But if you in turn take what you've heard and then start teaching others, your retention on that is over 90%. That's why it is so critical that we not just come to a meeting and say, well, yes, there are times we absorb, but how am I going to share this with somebody else? So that we can, you know, obviously it's impossible to remember exactly everything, but you get the principle. So teaching people to hear the voice of God, how to share their faith. Awesome stuff. When we have the prophetic in operation, it's encouraging. It builds us up. And that's why, you know, it's like, don't forbid the speaking in tongues is what Scripture says. Prophesying. And of course, you want things to be of the Holy Spirit and not of the soul, not of the flesh. But you know what? That's why we need the prophets in the house to rise up so people know where the prophets are because the prophets are subject to the prophets. And there's got to be someone with the gift of discerning of spirits that can say, Yes, no, maybe a little, you know, it's okay. And I remember uh, I traveled with a guy that mentored me um, years ago. 
precious brother. And uh, he was going to be speaking in Stromsburg. And uh, um, but when I got up that morning, the Lord spoke to me. He, he said, I want you to go pray for this man as he's speaking. I said, great, I can do it. No, no, you need to go there with him. Uh, do you mind if I come along? The Lord said, yeah, he's all excited. So we get there. Church, man, we're worshiping. Presence of God is thick. And all of a sudden, I could feel the brewing of this word. And I delivered the word. And then the pastor said, okay, church, we're going to stop right here. And we're going to test this word. I'm like, okay. But then you're like, I sure hope I heard. <laughs> you know, really. But when I prophesy, it never comes out of here. I'm not thinking about what comes next because it comes out of my spirit. And, of course, it lined up with the word. They had witness with it and all of that. So... You know what? If we're going to have prophetic words, let the, let's publicly test them. You know, it's okay. You know, we never learn if we never make mistakes or, or get corrected or anything like that. But I would rather, it's like, you know what? Let's, let's open these wings a bit. Let's jump off and fly. Because even, you know, like when Peter got out of the boat, he was the only one that day. And it's like, no, Lord, if that's you, then okay, come. He comes out and he stands on the word of the Lord. And of course, even though he began to sink and gravity worked, Jesus was there to rescue him. Why did you doubt? You know, the greatest tool that I believe that we have is faith. And I believe that's why the enemy is so hard on attacking our faith. Did God really say? Did God really say? Oh, that was for them. This isn't for now. Now, I don't, like I said, I don't mean to be offensive. But I, I have to say it because the Lord won't leave me alone. I will say this of social justice. It is an important issue, but it is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel is the gospel. The gospel, then it's good, the overflow is going to be how we serve, the, serve people, how we reach out to people. And that these things are good things, but we cannot let them distract us from the ultimate call of going and making disciples. Because if we're truly plugged in with Christ, we're going to care and we're going to reach out and we're going to do the things that touch the heart of God. And we'll look at Matthew 25 and we'll say, yes, Lord, how do I do this? But it's the overflow out of that. But when we make this the issue, it becomes more important than their soul and their salvation. Now, I just say, take the meat, spit out the feathers on this. I am not having an agenda about, I'm more concerned about where people are spending eternity. That's just the frame that I come from. And that's from the place of my heart that I want to share. So, when we talk about um, having the presence of God, it was so funny. We were just praying this morning about when Jesus comes into the room. And then our sister here led us in the song. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, because when the presence of God comes, it changes everything. Where his presence is, there's power. Where his presence is, there's peace, healing, deliverance, wholeness, all of that. And so to be able to, it's like, Lord, I know that there are times when he has come very close. And this was back in the probably mid-90s. I hadn't been walking with the Lord for very long. But I remember I had just deliberately disobeyed Jesus. And of course, I was convicted. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. And I could feel his presence come into my office. And my first thought was I wanted to get underneath my chair. Yeah, that's a visual, right? How is this going? All this going to fit under that. 
ain't going to happen. But then I thought, well, Lord, really, where am I going to go? How can I hide from you? You know? But when he comes close, everything inside all of a sudden is, is illuminated. You know, what we might think is a, a little attitude all of a sudden becomes a very big deal because his presence has come and he begins to put a spotlight. So, an example. Um, oh, what was this, maybe? Probably within the last year. I was driving and, and I'm usually like A to B, let's go, come on. I won't ask somebody to speed and break the law. I won't do that. But if you're going to drive, and especially in the left lane, drive the speed limit. Just saying. Just, you know what, this is part of Jeff Kaiser that's still being worked out and father's working on me. But I, honestly, you're going to, and there, I'm not kidding you, for a month, it was like almost every time I got in the car, I'd get in that left, and then somebody would be driving 10 to 15 miles under the speed limit, left lane. And of course, nobody can hear me talk to them when I'm in my car. I'm like, really? I wouldn't say bad words, I, that's, but I'm like, really? Come on! <laughs> Until they're like, uh, wait a second. <laughs> There's a reason why this is happening. So once I repented for that, it's like, okay, well, I'll start praying for him. Now you'd think, okay, this is the, this is the thing that breaks the dam and... Try, no, the Lord's going to test me in this for a couple of weeks. Are you going to continue to pray? So I still have to kind of fight against that a little bit. Like, come on. At least go, like I said, go the speed limit. Won't, don't go over. I'm not asking you to break the law. But anyway, so God, he takes a, what I thought was a little thing. And it's like, no, listen, this is really an attitude that, that doesn't please me. I'm like, okay. So? I start praying for them. And then, as I do that, the Lord starts downloading these words of knowledge about what they're going through. I'm like, okay, Lord, I get it. So now I, I try, not to, try not to get too wound up when I'm behind somebody driving excessively slow and being absolutely disrespectful of others of society. <laughs> the other thing I want to encourage you about praying in tongues an absolutely critical aspect of our prayer life. Praying in tongues. And I tell our church, if you're filled with the Spirit, you can pray in tongues. But many times there's a block here. Now you might say, oh, Jeff, you're condemning me because I... No, I'm not. I'm not. But I'm just saying, don't let a mental block hold you back from this. Because what happens is we want to start praying in tongues, and what happens? Oh, this is just gibberish. This, this, this is just gobbledygook. This is, how do you know? Are you the world's most foreknown expert of every language known to man and heavenly languages? I'm just saying. But it's a powerful tool. And as you read 1 Corinthians 14, especially verse 6, there's things that happen when we build up our spirit man. So, I'd encourage you, keep asking, keep seeking, and don't be afraid to open your mouth. Because for me, honestly, for most people, you're not going to have a public tongue to be interpreted. That's okay. But you have a tongue that can build up your spirit, man. Amen? So, uh, Bud's daughter, how long did she pray and ask for tongues? Three years? Two. Prayed for two years, asking for tongues. One day, here it comes. 
you know, it's like God has his way of doing things. But don't be discouraged. Well, I asked once and it just didn't happen. Come on. You have to believe that it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Right? It is. We heard it. He loves us. And it's his desire. It's like, listen, if you ask for an egg, is he going to give you a stone or a scorpion? You know, that whole passage in Luke 11. Or in some translations, toque, right? (laughs) So let's keep asking. Earnestly desire the gifts. Because these are the tools that the Father's given us about impacting, encouraging the body and impacting a society. The apostles, they could not go and change the world if they did not have the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? It was under the power of the Holy Spirit, Stephen had a brief ministry. But it changed everything. Hello. We're still talking about him today. How many others whose blood is crying out from under the altar? All right. So, um, that's that. Little, little uh, mosaic and random, but I want to be obedient. And I trust that the Spirit of God will speak to you on a couple things. As I was praying about the conference... One of the things that the Lord had given me actually was uh, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. And last night in the prayer room, I'm hearing this verse. I'm like, wow, God, you're doing something. So let's just take a look at that. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'll do a new thing. Shall you not know it? I'll make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. There's a lot in there. A lot. And if we really believe that God's going to do a new thing, how do we walk in that? How do we walk out the new thing? Because again, it's like, come to the cross of Jesus Christ. Yes, I want to. But how do we walk that out? And the truth is, we often cry out, God, we need a new wineskin for those people. Because I, (laughs) right? Isn't that what we do sometimes? But Jesus gives an explanation to us about What it's like when we want or when new wine is going to be offered to us. He tells us in Luke 5, he says, No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear. and And also that piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put put into new wineskins and both are preserved. Both. It's the Father's desire. Both are preserved. Amen? All right. And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for he says, the old is better. See, we think that if God's going to do a new thing, we just immediately trash all the old. Well, the old isn't bad. You know, when I talked earlier about our church culture, we often speak a language, the world, that has no idea what we're talking about. They can't even relate. Because we have all our Christianese. And one of the beautiful things when I started going to unreached tribes is that all my Christianese had to be taken out and thrown away. Because it's like, they, had no, they would have no idea what I was talking about. But when you have the power of the Holy Spirit, that transcends a lot of culture. Um, even in some of the things I've done as a chaplain for the sheriff's office, Lord, would give me words of knowledge for people that aren't church people. And they're looking like, who the blank have you spoken to? I'm not that smart or that good. 
to the point where someone asked me to officiate their wedding. And, you know, they're like, I got to get back to church. I got to get back to church. Yes, you do. Today's that day. Don't delay, you know. But God wants, as we're, as we're crying out for a new wineskin to hold new wine, you know, it's like, what is that going to look like in our churches, in our lives? When God wants to do a new thing in us, it's his desire that we move forward, that we follow the cloud and the pillar of fire. And, you know, some of the things that we cannot do is don't remember the former things. Paul talks about this in Philippians 3, right? Don't remember the former things. And the enemy is so good at reminding, at least me, hey, dude, this is where you failed. This is where you blew it. Or at least a perception that I blew it. You know what? We can't do anything about yesterday except repent and learn from it. That's all we can do. Trusting in the power of the blood of Jesus. You know, if we've had thoughts that didn't honor the Lord. I mean, listen, this isn't a justification for sin, but sometimes we're just going we're, we're, we're to blow it. Whether it's an attitude, selfishness, selfish ambition, whatever it is. So trusting in the power of the cross, but it's like, okay, Lord, you know what? Yeah, you've taught me how to surrender and die to myself when, when I would want to rise up and justify myself or defend myself or whatever. To hold the new wine. Lord, how would I get the new wineskin? How do I walk that out? Well, when Peter uh, was praying, and I believe this is a posture. So in Acts 10, you know, Peter, he's up on the rooftop. He's praying, goes into a trance. All of a sudden, he gets this vision from God. And boom! God began, he shifts his whole paradigm. Because Peter was a good Jewish guy, you would never smell pork on his breath. You just wouldn't. He was a devout Jew. So, you know, for God to come and say, listen, I'm going to also make the gospel available to the Gentiles. It it had to be a a work of the Holy Spirit to shift what he thought and how he perceived. That's why it's so critical. In our walk with God, are we willing to hold certain things on the altar before him? Now, Lord... When we come together, we better only do Bethel worship because they're the only anointed ones that they're out there. They are anointed, and I'm not speaking against Bethel. I'm just, you know, um, every I have to speak on the worship aspect because it's hit so many churches, and it's nonsense, honestly. Everybody has an opinion about what they think worship should be. Everybody. You got 500 people, you get 500 different things about what worship is. And I don't like that song. I don't like this. I don't like that. I had a conversation recently with somebody that said, I, I just don't, I don't like that worship. I said, okay. Thanks for sharing. But tell me, how much time did you spend worshiping on Monday? You know where I'm going to go with this, right? Tuesday? They didn't worship at all during the week, and they don't. So I said, so, because I'm that guy. So, in love, in love, so, you have the arrogance and the audacity to complain about worship when you have spent no time on your own just telling Jesus how much you loved him. Come on. You know what? We get a 30-minute window, and we're not going to be able to please everybody. Hopefully, what we do, though, is pleasing the Lord. And besides, worship is more than songs on, it's, it's more than the songs we sing. It's a life that we live. Okay. Praise God.
you still love me? Praise God. (laughs) So this whole paradigm shift, God doing a new thing in us. And what does he want to do in in this coming days? Does that mean we scrap everything that we do on a Sunday morning or whatever? No. But I think we really have to be honest. Say, Lord, how do you feel about this? And how do you feel about that? Because somehow in our church culture, this is the expectation. When I come to church on Sunday, I expect to sing too fast and three slow. I'm being facetious. But we're going to sing some songs I like. And then you're going to give me a three-point sermon. And you know what? You can even challenge me a little bit. Because if I feel a little uncomfortable, I'll say, oh, God spanked me today. Right? But what if we come into the house and he wants to break forth and it's like, I'm going to speak prophetically through my people and I want to bring healing. Are we good with that? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Now, again, is God throwing the baby out with the bathwater? I'm not saying that. But if we're going to invite him to come, because I was ready. Actually, I was all ready. It's like, Lord, I don't even have to speak today. You do. Because I was ready to just sit there and it's like, Lord, whatever you want. I'm down for that. And even on Sunday mornings, I'm ready. If God starts speaking, you know what? I close the, Lord, you you got the final say here. You do have the final say. And I don't want to get derailed by the one who appears as an angel of light. That's why we've got to have the body and their gifts that are operating. Because with the gift of discerning of spirits, listen, some things are going on. Uh, Several years ago, maybe that was, what, more than 10, um, me and Burton went to go pray for a guy. And, uh, you know, we we, uh, had prayed for this guy. And then the guy that brought him said, oh, hey, listen, I've got a little problem with my knee. Can you give me a little Burger King drive-thru prayer? Oh, okay. We start praying, and a demon manifests. This guy's neck swelled to, what, three or four times its normal size? Oh, it it just... And for the next two and a half hours, we encountered a demonic presence that we didn't even pick up with the gift of discerning of spirits. That's a little unnerving. And it's right here in our city. When we were done, when that demon manifested, it interrupted him right in the middle of a sentence... When that thing was done, he picked up exactly where he left off and had no idea what happened. I'm telling you, it was, it, it was, oh boy. And I'm like, Lord, what is going on? We, that's why we've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit. And we need the gifts of the Spirit and operations. And Lord, if you don't show us, how will we know? And it's so easy to jump into the routine and say, well, this is what we always do. And we can kind of coast in that. Well, if we, if we do this song, if we get the lights just right, that's going to set a mood. And then, okay, I'm not saying that we shouldn't do these things. I'm just saying that we get into it. And then we can kind of coast in that when God maybe wants to do something else. This is his church, his, his body. Amen? So, walking that out. Just a couple of quick things, and I'm going to, I'm going to bring this in for a landing. To walk out the new thing, number one, change your focus. Stop looking back and always look forward. God's always moving forward. The old Jewish proverb, if you're not drawing closer to God, you're going further away. It's true. There's no no middle ground on that. 
don't depend on past victories to sustain you. Those are great. It's like the stones of remembrance. We remember what God has done for us. But we can't depend on those. Those are the, it's like, okay, God, what he's done in my life with that, he's been faithful. So when the next trial comes, the next battle comes, I'm like, Lord, you were faithful there. And I believe you're going to be faithful here. But we can't depend on those to be the actual sustaining. Because we're going to keep pressing on and looking forward. So when the children of Israel, they had many victories. They left Egypt. They conquered Canaan. They fought giants in the land. They survived a split in their country. How many churches in our city have gone through splits? Come on. Come on. Every, see, everybody thinks they're right. and everybody's. You know what? I'm not saying that maybe it wasn't legit or justified. I'm not saying that. But, you know what, let's keep our hand to the plow and let's keep going forward with what God's given us to do. Because God's going to stir in other people and there's something that he's got for them that maybe they need to walk out. You want to destroy a vision? Bring in two. How is it in our city we don't have the unity that God so longs and desires? We want it, but we don't know how to get there. Why? Because everybody thinks they're right. And we have to be willing to let go. We've got to be willing to forgive. And we have to have God do a work that is supernatural so that there can be healing. Because you're not going to, you can't be unified if you don't love somebody. Look at a marriage. If you're not, it's hard to love if you're not unified. That doesn't mean you're going to agree on everything, right? And even within the body of Christ, there there are portions of the body that, they just don't believe in the expression of the gifts. It doesn't make them less saved. But they're fulfilling a function in the body. That's, you know, that's between them and God. Right? We are who we are by the grace of God. So they're fulfilling a function. But every, every part in the body has got a role. Jesus is the head. But somehow we think our church, whatever church we're a part of, is the head. We're the gateway to the city. We're, okay, you know what? Maybe you are. Praise God. Make it so. As long as it brings in a harvest of souls, I don't care. Right? All right. So, um, you cannot allow past failures to possess you. Now, you know, the enemy is very good about reminding us of our mistakes. Where you blew it. We have to trust in the power of Christ and the power of his blood to forgive us. Amen? Walking that out. Okay, you know what? My, my past doesn't define who I am. Jesus defines who we are. Right? Amen. The children of Israel, they failed him miserably. They had a temple but fell into idol worship. How, you know what? Miracles alone are not, not going to be enough to keep you on track with God. It's not. They had manna provided by heaven and they still rebelled and complained and all these things. Something so supernatural. They still failed him. They had truth but believed the lie. God gave him himself and they rejected him. So, but we cannot allow those failures to hold us back. You know, it's awesome. Last night, to watch the Lord just so sweetly touching his people. Man, it just, it filled my heart. And even this morning as we were worshiping, 
And I just had the sense that the Lord was just coming to people, coming to you individually and just ministering to your heart. It's so much better when he touches you rather than someone else. Right? Because that touch is going to last. And of course he uses his people so it's not one greater than the other. In the midst of all those failures that the children of Israel did, he still had a message for them. Listen, don't remember the former things. I'm going to do something new. What is God doing in you right now? And what is a new thing that he wants to do? Because he's moving. And he wants to bring forth, when he created you, it was within mind that he would accomplish something. You know what? Your call may not be like my call. And I say, praise the Lord. I always pray that your call would be greater, actually. But one is not greater than the other. It takes, it takes the body. Amen? You have a purpose and a destiny. You do. It's different than other people on the team. It doesn't make you greater or less than. It's just what God has chosen. And because of your yielding and your obedience and your submission, praise God. But we also have to put ourselves in that position to say, Lord, we say, have your way. But do we mean it? It sounds nice. Sounds pretty spiritual, actually. Oh, Lord Jesus, have your way. Because we really do, actually. Praise God. You can't live on yesterday's faith. Again, those are the building blocks, right? Those are the things that are, you know, when I see how God has moved and various things that he's done in the stewardship he's given me with the ministry and seeing people healed and set free in that. But I can't realize, like, what do you want to do now? As a baby Christian, it's like, you know, it's like, okay, well, if I, if I, if I, stand like this and if i put my okay come on it's not the methodology it's him right praise god all right psalm uh, 85 6 to 8 will you not revive us again that you that your people may rejoice in you show us your mercy lord and grant us your salvation i will hear what god the lord will speak for he will speak peace to his people and to his saints but let them not turn back to folly. So to embrace the new thing is embracing God. That means a surrender, a sacrifice, and an obedience. And in our day, it's really hard to talk about surrender and submission. We're fiercely independent people. When I go to Finland, I love the Finns. They're, they're precious, and, and a couple of our best friends are there. But I'm telling you, they're a hardy people, and... They are fiercely independent. And in places where, you know what, you've had to fight for your independence, oh, we hold on to that. So it takes something to say, God, I, I really need to humble myself and submit and surrender. Discover what God wants to do for you and I and what he wants to do through you. What do you see? You see problems or possibilities. Children of Israel, they looked at the desert, but there were streams it was a wilderness, but God made a road so that there's a way in, there's a way out. And all of you know that God takes you through desert times that we don't enjoy in the moment, but man, we look back and we see the fruit in those times because God is faithful and he loves you and everything he does is for a purpose. Amen? All right. So um, let's wrap this up. I'm just going to ask, sister, would you mind playing a little bit great 
to do, to do the new thing, to embrace it, to walk it out. Is there an area of your life that you need to surrender? Sometimes it's our plans. Are you hearing the voice of God? Listen, just remember, he's never here to condemn you. He's just not. But do you know the voice of God? Because he's not going to tell you to do something contrary to his word. He's trying to teach us. Last night, there was a lot of excitement in the room. There was a lot of hunger because people were, many of you were here, but it's like, Lord, we want to meet with you. So there was a lot of stuff going on, but his presence wasn't manifesting. That doesn't mean he wasn't here because we're two or more gathered, right? But to have his presence manifest is more than, well, let's just whip up some excitement. To, but it comes from knowing him and being with him. You know, I don't always get the tingles and the goosebumps and all that. When I started going into the bush and to the unreached, when I prayed for people, it was like laying my hand on this podium. I felt absolutely nothing, and yet blind eyes were opened. Because it wasn't about what I felt, because the Lord was taking me deeper by faith than what I was experiencing. But his presence, though, I had, the, I had his presence because I had his peace. And the Lord, he's moving us from strength to strength, faith to faith, glory to glory. Amen? All right. So, I'm only going to ask this if God stirs on your heart. Because I'm not about a show and I'm not about manipulating or any of that kind of nonsense. But if God has truly stirred your heart, I want you to stand to your feet. And it's about being able to embrace the new thing. And maybe you're not quite sure how that's going to work. But listen, he, he can meet you right where you are. Amen? Because he does love you. We've heard it again and again. I was overwhelmed in my spirit last night, this morning, of the Father's love for you. Because he does love you. I love you. And I want to see God accomplish in you and through you everything that he desires. Because someday we'll be in the great hall in heaven. And we'll be talking about the days of victory and how God came through. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, let's extend our hands and, and ask the Lord. And, and I'm just going to encourage you talk to the Lord where you're at and ask him to help you walk and embrace the new thing. And ask him for the grace and the courage because it might be uncomfortable and some of the things. You know what? A new thing may say you're done with social media. Oh, now I went from preaching to meddling. I'm just saying. But whatever this new thing is, ask him for the grace to walk that out. Father, in the name of your, of your glorious son, Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you want to do a new thing. It's interesting that verse 18, and, and I didn't see it until I was talking with Pastor Chris this morning. But it, yeah, verse 18 could have been representation of 2018. Don't remember the former things. And I know in our church, that word is so true. Don't remember the former things. 2019, Lord, you're doing a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Lord, we don't want anything aborted or stillborn here in the name of Jesus. For those of you that are pregnant with ministry, we declare, let it come forth in the name of Jesus. Let it come forth. Those that have the call to intercede, let it come forth in the name of Jesus. For those that have been feeling the stir of being, a, of being called to be a prophet, 
an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher, an apostle. We call it forth in the name of Jesus. Let that come forth, Lord. And Lord, as we are seeking after you, Lord, our longing is show us how to walk this out, Father. In our, in our own immature ways, Lord, we often will get in the way. Teach us how to be sensitive to the working of your Holy Spirit. Yes, um, I will submit a, a picture that I'm seeing here. Is It's like what I see in, in the heavenlies is these plethora of gifts. You may operate in a couple, but I, if I'm hearing the Lord right, I'm just saying, receive it by faith. Receive, ask, ask. Because there are gifts. We need the working of miracles. There are gifts of healings, multiple on each. Some of you are going to have an anointing to see women get pregnant. Some of you are going to have an anointing to see cancers healed. Some of you are going to have an anointing for eyes and so forth. Gifts of healings. Reach for it. Call out for it. Whatever those gifts are. Lord, give more tongues to your people. More tongues, just like what you did to me in Finland. I prayed in tongues and that woman heard me praying in perfect finish. Lord, more, more, Lord. Discerning of spirits, Father. Discerning of spirits in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. There's always more, Father. There's always more. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, you said, ask and it will be given. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be opened. Your desire, Father, to touch your people, to empower your people. I'm asking, Father, may your spirits fall so profoundly on your people it was like D.L. Moody who was in his room for hours and had to ask you to, to go away because you thought he would die. Lord, to have that kind of encounter of rather than seeing a few souls, but to see hundreds and thousands saved, Father. Lord, you said, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Yes. Yes. Lord. Lord, I, I believe there are several in here. You're releasing the gift of the working of miracles. Jesus. If you've been asking for that, would you come quickly? Quickly. We don't have a lot of time. Quickly. If you've been asking. Jesus. Yeah. Come on. Oh, praise God. Well, praise the Lord. Why not? Why not? I don't know logistically how this is going to work, but we're going to have to move pretty fast. So just going to come by and touch and pray in faith and, and believe and receive. Now, for those of you sitting out, there's other giftings that you're asking for. Pray for one another. I mean, come on. It's not the Jeff Kaiser show. It's about encountering Jesus. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to go down the line. I'm going to pray very quickly. Jesus. 
Jesus. Jesus.